So one of the things that this uh, Composers Collective did was they made workers songbooks in 1934 and 1935. Uh, they collected a bunch of their songs, and there's a lot of like radical songs, the international, lots of Brecht Eisler songs. Um, songs about freeing the Scottsboro boys, songs about going out in the streets, and a song called War is Murder of the Masses by Lon Adamian. Here it is. War is murder of the masses. Fascists feed it, give it birth. War is the death wage of the masses. Devastating life and earth. Wake men and women workers. Break war and fascism down. Stop munition shipments, shoremen. Close the death shops, workers free. Soldiers turn against the madmen. The workers world our victory. See the fascist prophets gather. See the murder pact is sealed. Blood of child and hope of mother splash across the street and field. Wake men and women workers Break war and fascism down. Stop shipments, shoremen. Close the death shops, workers free. Soldiers turn against the madmen. The workers' world are victory. Fascists are the bosses' henchmen. Traitors, scabs to all mankind. Rise, you plundered men and women. Steal the heart and free the mind. Wake men and women. Work From the New Masses, May 1st, 1934. This is an article about a contest for musical composition. The New Masses feels that the time is ripe for the development of music by the various composers of America. For the constantly increasing number of singing workers, a music which is truly representative of their waking consciousness and growing power, of their determination and hopes. They made a contest who could compose the best song to Alfred Hayes' poem, Into the Streets, May 1st. They sent it to the Composers Collective and just saw who would write the best revolutionary song. Uh, this is what they said. But all those guys, or most of them, I think, competed in it. And they said, uh, there's, there was Eli Siegmeister. There was one composer who conceals his identity under the name XYZ. And a lot of people, like Charles Seeger always was called Carl Sands and all the composers collective things. Eli Ziegmeister was L.E. Swift. So, and you know, Lana Damian, that was not his born name. So perhaps a lot of them were changing their names. Maybe it was dangerous. I don't know. 
But in any case, this is what they said when they, after they got all the songs. The general quality of the musical settings was very high. It's regretted that we can't give everybody a prize, basically. Some of these songs, such as those by Adomian and XYZ, have marked excellence in the melodic and rhythmic conception, but from the standpoint of harmonic construction, are perhaps too sophisticated and modern for singers and workers' groups, for whom mass songs are written. It is not that experiments and revolutionary musical tendencies are to be discouraged or eliminated. But it is necessary at this stage in the creation of mass songs to preserve the best of old traditions so that the most unsophisticated singer may be drawn into the singing. In other words, Lana Adamian did not win that prize. And guess who did? It wasn't Charles Seeger or Eli Ziegmeister or XYZ, but it was Aaron Copeland. So Aaron Copeland back in those days was a communist, although he completely repudiated it later on. And he won the prize for Into the Streets May 1st. And it was performed on April 29th, 1935, as part of the annual American Workers Music Olympiad with 800 people singing it. All of the revolutionary workers choruses of New York City participated. Wow, that's a lot.
And that was the Brecht Eisler song, again, conducted by Lon Adamian. So a lot of these same people were also involved in a journal called the Music Vanguard, a critical review, which was published in New York City in 1935. The editors were, uh, you know what, I put them all together, but Charles Seeger, Lana Damian, Henry Cowell, a bunch of other people, Eli Ziegmeister. And the contributors were included Bertolt Brecht, Aaron Copeland, Hans Eisler, Lawrence Gellert. Um, and they, this journal was kind of struggling again with, with what is revolutionary music. And they talk about issues of protest music, socialist music organizations, um, and struggles the, that are happening for musicians in Nazi Germany. And... They want to, from their, from their line about themselves, we wish to do what we can toward the reintegration of music and the culture of the Western world. And here's a song called Rhythmia by Henry Cowell. In 1934, Lan Odomian wrote the score for a film called Ernst Talman, Fighter Against Fascism. Now, this was Ernst Talman was a German communist. I think he might have been the head of the German Communist Party. 
But he, like many other communists in Germany, was imprisoned in 1933 and later executed in 1944 in Buchenwald. Um, the film, apparently it was like a docudrama and the makers of it had smuggled newsreel footage from Nazi Germany that included scenes of street fights with you know Nazis against anti-fascists um, included some demonstrations socialist and communist demonstrations in Paris and included Talman giving speeches to at May Day rallies um, and unfortunately this film was lost in a fire in 1935 just a year after it was made that it was produced by a group called the Workers Film and Photo League, which was, again, like it was a communist association of, of leftist filmmakers. And they lost the fire. I don't know if it was suspicious or not, but it sounds suspicious to me because they lost tons and tons of footage of um, protests and, and like really key things that were happening in the 20s and 30s um, in the leftist movements in the United States, as well as this movie. On a kind of different note, um, he, Lana Damian also collaborated with Lawrence Gellert. Now Lawrence Gellert was an ethnomusicologist. He was Hungarian born, and I think his brother was a big figure in the Communist Party in the U.S. Um, and Lawrence Gellert traveled to the South and he recorded a lot of African-American music, um, including like chain gang songs and a lot of other songs. This is about 10 years before Alan Lomax was doing that. And then he brought up back north to New York City and he put out two um, books with the music transcribed and also arranged. Um, so it's the books are called uh, Me and My Captain, Negro Songs of Protest. Wait, I'm not sure. The Me and My Captain might have been a modern edition. Um, arranged for voice and piano by Lan Adamian. So, and the introduction was written by Langston Hughes. There's some kind of controversy about like how faithful were the transcriptions, but I read at least one essay by a modern ethnomusicologist who, who said that they were faithful, that obviously the piano was an addition, but uh, I, I couldn't get a hold of a copy of the book. It's really, really expensive and rare and hard to find, and only in like two libraries. Um, yeah, and here's a song from from that collection, from the Lawrence Gellert collection. It's called Iron Shackles. Ramali, 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 Ramali,
to a wheelot to give me a line. I drive a snatch team, I didn't know how. But I'm tired of cola, chaco, around my leg, around my leg, 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 around my leg, cola, chaco, around my leg. I've been playing a lot of these songs from the New Singers 1935 records, but now i got to talk about them. So this was a workers' singing group, and Lana Damian was the conductor. The main singers were Mordecai Bauman and Felix Groveman, but then he had a chorus also singing with them, so they were like trained singers. And Mark Blitzstein was... Uh, a pianist on a bunch of them, and Kurt Weil was also playing the piano on a bunch of them. Um, uh, just a little aside about Mark Blitzstein. So he did a bunch of um, Brecht collaborations and translations, and he also, he's famous because he, in 1937, he made a pro-union musical called The Cradle Rock, directed by Orson Welles, and it was shut down by the WPA. So they actually came to the theater and like walked it. And so him, he and all the actors and singers and audience all went to a different theater down the road and did the entire show like sitting with the audience and with no costumes or whatever, because it was so revolutionary. And later on, though, I think it became, um, it kind of was brought into the whole genre of musical theater. I, I, I won't go there because I don't know enough, but I'm pretty sure Bing Crosby sang it. And that's probably the version that you have heard if you've heard it before. So in 1938, Lana Damian went to Spain to fight in the Spanish Civil War as part of the Abraham Lincoln Brigade. Abraham Lincoln Brigade, if you don't know, was a group of American leftists and communists and anarchists who went to Spain to fight fascism in the late 30s. And um, Lana Damian was one of them. So he went to Spain, and there's a couple of different versions about what happened. One says that he went there, got wounded, and he couldn't fight that much. And the other version, which I think I actually believe more, is that he he never really could fight that much. He had some kind of lung problem. And he basically went there and he befriended the Spanish poet Miguel Hernandez. And 
they became really close friends. And Miguel Hernandez was like the most beloved leftist Spanish poet. And they collaborated and Lun wrote, uh, I think at least three Hernandez poems he put to music. And I'll, I'll play one or two of them here. I'm going to play La Guerra Madre, sung by Ana Vega. the last thing I'm going to talk about because this is all pre-Babushka, pre-him getting together with my grandmother. And this is right before he got together with my grandmother, I believe, like even just a month before he worked on a Broadway musical called The Russian People. And it was like it had Russian folk music. And he was the he was the musical director and um, conductor and had all different kinds of like Red Army songs and folk songs and I'm not sure what else. Um, but alas, it looks like it wasn't very popular because it only played for one month from December 29th, 1942 to January 31st, 1943. So that was that. So it's interesting that he was working on this Russian musical 
right before he met my grandmother. Maybe that was part of the attraction. He'd been immersed in Russian culture, and then he met her, this gorgeous, young Russian woman whose husband was far, far away on the other side of the ocean. Um, I don't know. Maybe he was also really depressed because it was such a bomb. It just didn't do very well. And who knows? My husband, again, once again, asks me, why, Lana Damian, why are you so obsessed with this guy? And that, I know that's the question. It started out as really personal. Like, what? Are you kidding me? My grandmother had an affair while she was still married to my grandfather when my mom was a little kid. And, and then it's, it's turned into a much broader interest like an interest in the whole time, the scene, the milieu. I feel like by studying him and reading about his life, it's opened this window into this world that I really didn't know much about at all. It's open just a crack. It's still kind of hazy. But as I read about it and I listen to these songs, the people and the movements, their struggles and their joys come into focus so it helps me understand my grandma and just the world that she came through and was moving through at that time in the early 40s. And I love the fact that he was a musician. It makes it so real, so easy to connect with him because I can listen to his songs. I can listen to his chorus that he was directing. I can learn his songs and sing them. I can learn his song War is Murder, that he wrote in 1935. And I'll, I'll, the words are kind of clunky and dated on one hand, but on the other hand, they seem so perfect for this moment right now. So I get a lot of hope from reading about this long-ago activist, artist, radical scene in New York City. Their struggles, they're not that different from our struggles today. I mean, they are different, but they're also the same. Things feel so dire right now, but thinking about them at the cusp of World War II, oh my God, that must have been really, really hard, especially for people who had families and villages and, and everything, friends over there. So... I'd like to think that by immersing myself in this world and listening to these songs and reading about these people that I can gain access to some of their courage and their boldness and their utopic, hopeful vision for a better world. I feel like these radicals in the past, they were more concrete than us. They had something to believe in, like an actual example that they believed in at that point, which was the Soviet Union. Um, I know that didn't last that long that leftists believed in it, but at that moment, they did. It gave them a lot of hope. I also know that I always tend to romanticize the past. I just can't help myself. So I don't really know if if they really were more concrete. I'm sure people were 
fighting and disagreeing about everything all the time and complaining about the young generation or the old generation or whatever it was. But still, I'm really inspired by these songs, their words, their gathering of forces. In my mind's eye, I see, I'm kind of picturing these people from this time. I'm picturing like the, the horrific world events of that time, the tumultuousness, the terror, the horrors of World War II, like just all around them, like this like dark cloud or a giant kind of like, and they're, they're like these little people living their lives, trying to like eke out a, a, uh, a response, a human response to all of the horror around them and to struggle and protest and fight against it and also to live their lives, right? At the same time. And I see them being tossed around by these forces of history. And at the end of it all, they're like scattered in all these different places. And some of them have been destroyed by it all. And some of them just dust themselves off and get right back up. And some of them... um, continue to fight and struggle and protest for a better world and some of them completely repudiate that and walk away. Some of them put their lots in with the ruling class, align themselves with the ruling class. And that's my grandparents <laughs> by their by the by the I'd say by the late 40s, I think. I mean, I have a lot of reading to do still, but by the late 40s, they had completely lost their alignment with resistance and instead were wholly on the side of, like, the U.S. empire. But Lana Damian, he stayed a leftist his whole life. And he fled the United States during the early 50s he went to mexico but this is all another story for another time fights we have won no matter what may threaten forward not forgotten how strong we are as one. Only these, our hands now aching, built the roads, the walls, the towers. All the world is of our making. What of it can we call ours? No matter what may threaten, how strong we are as one. aching, that the roads, the walls, the towers, all the world is of our making. What of it can we call ours? 
forward we've not forgotten our union and hunger and pain no matter what may threaten forward not forgotten we have a world to gain we shall free a world of shadow every shop and every room every road and every meadow all the world will be our own forward we have not forgotten our union and hunger and pain no matter what may threaten forward not forgotten we have a world to gain we shall free the world of shadow every shop and every room every road and every meadow all the world will be our own forward march on to power through the city the land the world forward advance the hour just whose city is the city just whose world is the world here's a quote from moishi nadir one of the theater directors at the Artef Jewish Proletarian Theater. Should we present plays which the director likes because they enable him to demonstrate his skills? Should we stage dazzling productions in order to outshine the bourgeois theater? Or should we stage militant, hostile, revolutionary plays not in the sense of their art form, but rather in the sense that they portray the spirit of our struggles, of our ruinous laughter, of our anger, and of our joy. I leave you with that. And thank you for, as always, for listening to another episode of Bread and Salt. The opening song is Welcome to Your Guests sung by Castroma from their album Over the Sea. I will see you next month, and thank you for supporting your local radio station, WGDR, WGDH.